Where are you from? This is a phrase that is commonly used as a conversational starter. It unlocks their childhood memories and transport them back to a safe place where they feel comfortable enough to open up about a section of their life. Oftentimes, there is a strong bond between where you're from and who you are today. Good chances are. Your preferences and habits are probably the byproducts of your hometown. It could be the place that you were born and raised, or a place you've lived for in a long time. And there are traces of hometown pride associated with the city that nurtures us, that warms our blood when we're near. I too have a very strong feeling towards my hometown, mostly because I'm so far away. I don't have the liberty to visit whenever I want. Secondly, I feel rather confused when I return to my hometown. It was once a familiar place that contained the happiest parts of my life. Now the familiarity gets chipped away bit by bit as time goes by, and after each visit, the city is growing without me, and the thought of that made me feel like an outcast. But despite all the changes I've witnessed, in the heart of it all, I still miss it very much. The other day, my SO and I were watching a Netflix series called Flavorful Origin, which was a food docu series exploring quote culinary secrets of China and the various cooking techniques and cuisines. And I realized, although this was supposed to be my culture, there were so many things I did not know of. To be honest, I felt a little bit ashamed. I felt like a clueless foreigner, appalled by my own tardiness. This was something I should have known already. It was my culture, a part of my identity. But on the flip side, I just want to clarify that China is a humongous country. They're composed of fifty-six ethnic groups, and they're often very diverse. It's Almost, maybe a little bit, impossible for me to know all of them when I was a kid. But hey, I figure I should start with the one that I'm most familiar with, which is my hometown. Up until the age of twelve, I've spent my younger days in Guangzhou, or in Cantonese, Guangzhou. Which means broad or expensive prefecture in Chinese. Just like many other cities in China, Guangzhou has many nicknames. It was known as Canton, which is why the dialect we speak there is called Cantonese. It was also known as the city of rams, the city of rice, city of flour. I'm pretty sure if Guangzhou was an actual person, she would have had Twitter handles for days. Just imagine how creative she can get with all these nicknames and how sassy she can get with all of her accounts. Guangzhou is a vibrant metropolitan city. Matter of fact, it is one of three most populated cities, and it has one of the most expensive real estate markets in China, ranked after Beijing, Shanghai, and Shenzhen. We're actually the largest type of port city in the world. Situated on the Pearl River, Guangzhou is located in southern China, just a tad bit north of Hong Kong and north of Macau. Because of our proximity, Cantonese is the 
prevalent dialects spoken in this area, and we share very similar cuisine and traditions. I remember when I was young, my parents worked at the other side of the Pearl River. It was a small island called Arsha Dao or Arsha Island. The literal translation was Two Sand Island. So maybe they took inspiration after Chu Chain or Tupac. But sadly, it wouldn't be plausible since it has been around for a long while before both artists were born. But maybe great minds think alike. So Arsha Dao was still a part of Guangzhou, and it was also where my parents had work. They were coaches at the government sports training facility. So on most days, I would get to see both sides of the Pearl River. When my dad was busy working, I would spend my days walking up and down the Pearl River. I remember it did not have the prettiest color. Let me be honest. Okay, it was not clean at all. It was always gray, like the sky and the humid weather in Guangzhou. But it was fascinating to me. I dreamt that one day, when I'm old enough, perhaps. I would be able to swim across it and conquer it, regardless of which side I was on. The scenery was always breathtaking. You can say I'm being biased, but the bridge that connects the island and the mainland still glows in the prettiest shade of pink. I know. I pick up Cantonese when I was younger too. These days, I'm struggling with keeping my Cantonese from degenerating, but it's hard since I don't have a community that constantly communicates in this language. Plus, recently there was a concern that Cantonese may be dying in a few decades because the main dialect in China is Mandarin, and kids are kind of discouraged from speaking their dialect in school. I remember there were always one or two kids that did not want to learn Cantonese, and it was a rare sight to see someone who was not interested in the language that flows in the street of the city. Cantonese wasn't just a language anymore; you can see it everywhere. It was a threat that is tying different aspects of the city together. It became a separate identity beneath the label of being just Chinese. But if I had to pick one thing that I miss the most about my hometown, it would be the food. Cantonese is hands down my favorite comfort food. Perhaps it's the taste of home that heals a tired soul. If I'm ever physically sick or homesick, Cantonese food will do the job and nurse me back to health. Most of my food preferences were influenced by the Cantonese cuisine. Cantonese cuisine is mild, fresh, natural, and slightly sweet. We aim to bring out the original flavor of vegetable, meat, or fruit. It's considered one of China's most exquisite cuisine. So think about dim sum, wonton, chow mein, lo mein. Chow fun, tasu, double skin milk, shang pinai, black sesame soup, sweet and sour sauce, oyster sauce, hoisin sauce, century egg or thousand euro egg, Chinese sausage, rice noodle roll, salted duck egg, roasted duck, roasted goose, roasted pig, roasted pigeon, fermented tofu, 
little pot rice, various types of porridges, or kanji, whichever one you call it, and a plethora of soups. If I keep going, this will just turn into a mukbang. If you are feeling bougie, we also have bird's nest soup, braised abalone, jellyfish, sea cucumber, and shark fin soup. Forget about retail therapy. Just send me back on a food trip and I will be a happier and heavier person. My favorites were soups, porridges, and dim sum. There was a saying that Cantonese women makes fantastic soup. And I'm a firm believer. All the moms I know are great cooks, each with their own special recipe. Except my mom. No shade, no hate. She was busy being a professional athlete for most part of her life. At the sports facilities, they have chefs who cooked for her, so she never had to do chores until she moved to the U.S. So it's understandable that she did not inherit the Cantonese cooking mama magic. I have many, 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 many fond memories of Guangzhou. Sadly, I could not hold on to everything I've experienced there. It would be nice if I had photographic memory. For what I could remember, my favorite things to do were riding motorcycle in the rain with my dad while wearing this two-man poncho. I didn't even know that was a thing. Or getting slurpees, or we call it siloping, from 7-Eleven after class every day. Going on field trips with my class in the spring and also in the autumn. Buying bobas and collecting McDonald's toys near the subway station. I was almost obsessed. Every single week, I would check into different locations to see if they have new rotations of whatever toys that they had that season. Also, roaming in the alley, eating Cantonese food from different vendors and exploring on my own. I love the time that I had in Guangzhou, with one transportation card, I could go literally anywhere. That my dad allows me to, but it was very liberating. I also loved going on walks at night to digest my dinner and also seeing the beautiful night view along the Pearl River. On and on, it wasn't something extraordinary that made me feel so attracted to Guangzhou. What I miss was the busyness in the streets, the sound of early markets, elderly exercising on the plaza, people speaking Cantonese around me, or the sweet aroma of food lingering around the corner. What I missed was the sense of belonging. This city knows the purest parts of me. Guangzhou was the cradle that nurtured me, and I'm forever grateful for everything I got to experience here. It was my safe harbor, and it will always be. No matter how far I'll go, when I come back, this place will always feel like home. Thank you for revisiting my hometown with me this week. I hope this podcast reminded you some of your favorite moments in your hometown too. This was the 19th episode of Lactose Intolerant. Stay safe, as always, and I will see you next week. Oh, don't forget to call someone you love, because uh, chances are, maybe they're waiting to hear your voice too.
P.S. Last night, I was calling my mom, and in the middle of the call, I was like, hey, you know what? We should uh, practice our Cantonese since I was doing some research about Guangzhou. And she's like, all right. So I was trying to tell her the situation that I have been trying to conquer this week, which was teaching my sister math. So I wanted to say that this week, in the past week, or yesterday, I have been teaching my sister math. First of all, I forgot how to say math in Cantonese. Second of all, it took us forever to figure out how to say yesterday. Today, I was watching YouTube video and I did this. And I found out that, oh, yesterday is... Come yet. Come, what did call last week? I really like to know because I'm losing it and I don't want to lose it. So, God help me. Lord, bear me strength. Lord, bear me Cantonese. So, don't forget your roots and I will see you next week.